Now what happens is that many times a person faces difficulties in the way of Allah. From who? From those who are closest to him. Own family, loved ones. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَوَصَيْنَا الْإِنسَانَ وَوَصَيْنَا And we have enjoined, we have advised, we have instructed. Because the word wasiyah is an important instruction that is given with a lot of emphasis. And it's also taken very seriously. And wasiyah is also used for a final will that a person makes before he dies. How is that will taken? Is it taken seriously or casually? Very seriously. Right? So, وَوَصَيْنَ insana. We have ordered the human being. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has ordered us. بِوَالِدَيْهِ With his parents, Allah has ordered the human being, the insan, that بِوَالِدَيْهِ With his parents, and walidayhi is the dual of walid, walid, one who gives birth. So walidayhi refers to the mother and the father, the parents, husnan goodness. Allah is the one who has ordered people to be good to their parents. Is that the case? Yes. In the Quran, are there certain verses that that tell us about this, that we have to be good towards our parents? Many. And notice the word insan, right? Because every community was ordered. Like we learn about the Bani Israel also. They were also ordered to be good to their parents. Did the Prophet ﷺ instruct us to be good to our parents? There's numerous ahadith about this topic. Right? So there's no doubt about this. Being good to parents, being dutiful to parents, this is something that is legislated by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَوَصَّيْنَ الْإِنسَانَ بِوَالِدَيْهِ حُسْنًا And husna meaning he should be dutiful, his behavior should be of husn. Right? He should be good to them, whether they are good to him or not. The child has to be good to the parents. But then what happens? وَإِنْ and if جَاهَدَاكَ They both strive against you. جَاهَدَا This is dual of جَاهَدَا جَاهَدَا He strove. Okay? And جَاهَدَا The alif at the end is for dual. They both strove. So it's not just the father who is striving over here, but it's the father and the mother. Both of them are striving against you. And notice the word, jahada, that they're really doing their best to make you do something. Make you do what? Litushrika. So that you associate partners. Be with me, meaning with Allah. Ma that which laysa laka, you do not have Bihi of it, ilmun any knowledge. Knowledge, ilm over here means dalil, evidence, proof. Meaning if your parents are telling you to associate partners with Allah, and for associating partners with Allah, do you have any evidence? Do you have any proof? Do you have any justification? No, you don't. Is anyone allowed to do shirk with Allah? No. Even the prophets of Allah were not allowed to do that. Correct? In the Quran we learn that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addresses the Prophet ﷺ directly. If you associate partners with Allah, your good deeds would be destroyed. So no one is allowed to do shirk. So if your parents are telling you to associate partners with Allah, then what should you do? Be good to them and listen to them. Huh? 
Because Allah has said, do good to your parents. So in this situation, do you have to be good to your parents and listen to them? Allah says, فَلَا تُطِعْهُمَا Then do not obey them. Even though now you're disobeying not just your mother, but even your father. لَا تُطِعْهُمَا Do not obey them. إِلَيَّ مَرْجِعُكُمْ To me is your return. فَأُنَبِّئُكُمْ Then I shall inform you بِمَا كُنْتُمْ تَعْمَلُونَ Of that which you used to do. Of that which you were doing. Then Allah will inform you of your deeds, meaning the consequences of your deeds, the results of your struggle, of your striving. Now over here, what is clarified? That on the one hand is the right of Allah. Right? And on the other hand is the right of the parents. What is the right of Allah? That no partners are associated with Him. He alone is worshipped. Right? That is Allah's right upon us. What is the right of the parents? That they should be respected, they should be obeyed. Right? They should be treated well. Now, whose right is greater? The right of Allah. Why? Compare what we have received from our parents and compare what we have received from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What is greater? What we have received from Allah. Because even what we have received from our parents, okay, our parents even, they are also from who? From Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Correct? So the right of Allah is greater than the right of the parents. Is this fact established? Yeah? Okay, it's established. Now, Allah is the one who has commanded us to do good to our parents. Correct? And at the same time, He has also ordered us to do certain things or to refrain from certain other things. Right? Like for example, the food, clothing, worship, rituals, money. There's so many do's and don'ts associated with that, right? In our deen. When it comes to eating, eat this but don't eat this. When it comes to money, earn money this way but not this way. There's halal ways and there's also haram ways. Correct? When it comes to marriage, again, there's rules and regulations that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us. Right? Now, obedience to parents is just one of the commands that Allah has given us. We cannot say that, oh, I have to obey my parents and because of that I am disobeying Allah. You understand? We cannot do that. Because obedience to parents is also whose command? Allah's command. So we cannot pick and choose. And remember the principle that there is no obedience to the creation in disobedience to the Creator. And when a person disobeys the Creator, disobeys Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, so that he can obey the creation, this is actually a kind of shirk. This is actually a kind of shirk. What kind of shirk is it? It is shirk fitta'a, shirk in obedience. So over here, we are being warned about this, that be careful about shirk fitta'a. Alright? Because when it comes to obedience, the command of Allah will always take precedence over the command of the creation. You understand? When it comes to obeying the creation, it's only in matters which are ma'roof. In matters which are appropriate. Meaning as long as it conform with the deen, go ahead. But when they contradict the deen, then we cannot obey the creation in disobedience to the Creator. And this is a general principle that we need to understand. 
You know, parents have been mentioned over here, and parents, you know, you love them, you have respect for them, and you feel guilty disobeying them. It's very difficult. But if they're forcing you to do shirk, you cannot do shirk. You understand? If they're forcing you to do something that's clearly wrong, you cannot do it with despite your love and your respect for your parents. Because our love and our respect for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala should be greater. Alright? But this is something that doesn't just apply to parent-child relationship. This applies in any situation where there is a leader who is telling you to do something wrong. Whether that leader is in the form of a husband, or in the form of a good friend, or in the form of an employer, or in the form of something else. Right? Just yesterday somebody was telling me about how they used to work in this salon and um, long time ago, and they said that you know, they were instructed that they must promote the products. And she said that, no, I don't believe in these products. They're garbage and they're so expensive. Why? I'm only going to promote those which I believe are good. And this lady, eventually she lost her job. You know, because she used to get yelled at and she used to be humiliated that people who come here are rich. They have the money. And she said, but this is cheating. How can I lie to them? You understand? So, I mean, this is an example that shows to us that many times we could also find ourselves in a situation where we are being encouraged or we are being forced to do something wrong. Whether it is uttering a lie or it is shirk or it is any other kind of a sin. But what do we learn in this ayah? That there is no obedience to the creation in disobedience to the Creator. In Surah Al-Ahzab, Ayah 66-67, Allah describes to us about the people in hellfire that, وَقَالُوا رَبَّنَا إِنَّا أَطَعْنَا سَادَتَنَا وَكُبَرَاءَنَا فَأَضَلُّونَ السَّبِيلَ That, O oh, our Lord, we obeyed our leaders, our elders, and they led us astray. They led us astray. In Surah Al-An'am, Ayah 121, Allah says, وَإِنْ أَطَعْتُمُوهُمْ إِنَّكُمْ لَمُشْرِكُونَ If you were to obey them, then in reality you would be associating partners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, bringing this to practical life, okay, what should a person do if you are being told, ordered, by those closest to you to do what is wrong or to leave what is right? What should we do? First of all, communicate. Explain your choices. Why you are making those choices. Alright? And for that, as girls especially, tears work really well. Seriously. A bit of drama, a bit of tears, you know, they work really well. Go ahead and do it. Just like you would do it for anything else, do it especially for the deen. Okay? I'm not saying that become a drama queen, but just use this strength that Allah has given you. That when you show your feminine side, the other people, their hearts melt. Remember what happened to Fir'aun? His wife said, This baby is so beautiful. And what happened? Fir'aun changed his mind. Right? She said, I like this child. He's so cute. A source of happiness for me. And for you too. Come on, don't you like this baby? Right? So explain your position, explain your choices, why you are doing something or why you are not doing something. You know, because of lack of communication, there's such a big gap between people who are in a relationship even, husband and wife even, or parents and children even. There's no communication for weeks. There's no heart-to-heart conversation. 
there is no sharing of goals of your you know goals in life things you want to do so the other person has no clue about what is important to you and what is not important to you go ahead bismillah assalamu alaikum i remember uh, when ta'lim uh, al-quran 2012 when my daughter she uh, the, the one she finished it so i want her in that ta'lim al-quran and my husband he said no she have to finish high school and she have to go university and then before that i asked him 2010 with me he say no and then 2012 is coming i tell him he said no no she have to finish and then one day i was just sitting in dining table and i said mashallah the ta'lim al-quran is starting now i really feel i i didn't tell him so he can send her to ta'lim al-quran but i was like felt inside and i was crying and said the ta'lim al-quran now is starting and i wish my daughter she be one of those and he said okay you can go register now so i feel so happy now she finished alhamdulillah 2014 alhamdulillah assalamu alaikum i couldn't stop but mention this short story like when we myself and my daughter we started coming for your weekend classes alhamdulillah uh, my daughter she's 16 in high school she had a friend who was one year younger to her only 15 years old and we knew that she used to do research online on islam and she might be interested so we just like you know tentatively we just spoke to her that we see we are going for this classes and if you intend to you can accompany us and she did start coming here for two weeks three weeks and alhamdulillah she was guided rightly by allah subhanahu wa taala and by you of course for all the information she got and she was grateful for that for to everyone and she got converted mashallah and now the situation is such for her that she is hindu basically and her parents are not knowing about this so what she does she performs her prayers just in the closed doors and uh, for halal food she goes shopping on her own she cooks on her own so that her parents are not aware of anything what's going on like you know she did all the fasting for 30 days in ramzan mashallah so it was amazing like you know so there's two things i'm thinking about first of all what we discussed that uh, communicate right secondly build your relationship okay i mean if you cried in front of your husband why did he feel bad for you and agree with you why because there must be communication there must be a level of respect in the house in the family there must be some a good level of giving each other's rights that people you know they become supportive of each other You understand? You know sometimes you wonder how is it that people from two completely different cultures, completely different religions also sometimes, how could they get married? Because there is a level of tolerance, there is a level of support for each other, there is a level of respect for each other, commitment to the relationship which makes them tolerate their differences. Okay? So likewise if there is a small difference between you and and your family for instance, you can only resolve it if your relationship is healthy is otherwise healthy if it's not healthy otherwise then little little things can also turn into big big issues big problems for the family you know many times it happens that two people are living together but so many problems between them what's the reason if you dig it dig it dig it it's petty issues small issues right but there's lack of trust there's lack of communication there's lack of love there's lack of friendship and as a result little things turn into such huge problems and the third thing is that whatever you are doing don't make a big deal out of it you understand 
Like this one sister, if she feels that her family is not ready to learn about her conversion, about her Islam, she's keeping it a private matter for now. And there is nothing wrong in that. Right? That whatever you're doing, don't make it such a big deal that the whole family is getting affected. Alright? Like for example, you know for instance if you are in this class, if you make it a big deal from Friday evening, I have class tomorrow. So nobody talk to me, nobody bother me, especially the women. You know, I'm not giving breakfast to children, I'm not getting them ready because I have class tomorrow. You're making such a big deal out of it that the other people are going to get upset. They're not going to support you in what you're doing. Right? So whatever we are doing, let's not make a big deal out of it, turning into a problem for the family. You know, keep it as a private matter or keep it as something that just affects you as much as possible. I know it's not always possible in every situation, but as much as possible given the situation that you're in. Assalamu alaikum, sister. I just wanted nasiha, inshallah. It's to do with the issue that you're talking about, uh, shirk. Um, maybe in this country it's not a very big issue, but where I come from, um, a lot of people purport to pray for somebody and they say that Allah is speaking through them. And what they've done is, as a result, they get a lot of people involved in that and people begin to start thinking that they, Allah is speaking to them. And uh, what has happened is... Um, and I wasn't going to say this, but uh, unfortunately my mother is involved in that. And alhamdulillah, she reverted to Islam before all of us. And as a result, my brothers and I became Muslims. And it has been, subhanAllah, long 10 years, how difficult. Everyone she touched uh, said shahada, alhamdulillah. But forgive me, sister. But because of this, these women have convinced my mother that uh, she can hear Allah and she's speaking to Allah and I don't know how that happened subhanAllah I think it's a lack of ilm but I pray inshallah that she becomes she comes back to Islam but, but right now we don't talk we used to speak every day but these women have convinced her that she hears Allah she speaks to Allah and um, as a Muslim, it is so difficult. We've tried everything from arguing, from Quran, telling her, Wallahi, this is shirk. Do not go to your grave in shirk because you brought us to Islam. Um, and for me, I think uh, I'm stuck. Yes, it is a very difficult situation because, I mean, given that you are her daughter, as a mother, she has certain rights upon you. And then it's such a situation that you cannot even ignore, right? You cannot even overlook it because it's something very serious. Now, in a situation like this, of course, remember that guidance is in the hands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala only. He gives it, He takes it away. We can try all we want to convince somebody to talk to them, to explain things to them. But if their heart is not changed by Allah, then how can we? How can we force a person to change? We cannot. So guidance ultimately is in the hands of Allah. He is the giver of it and He knows best who to give it to. And He takes it away also and He knows best who to take it away from. So don't feel guilty about this. It's not your fault. Because sometimes what happens is that if somebody is doing something wrong, we blame ourselves. 
right? That maybe I'm not trying hard enough. I'm not doing my job. I shouldn't have done this or I shouldn't have done that. Yes, if it's your fault, then seek forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for it. But if despite your efforts, a person is not accepting, then it's not your fault. You don't need to feel guilty about their wrong. You understand? We don't need to feel guilty about the wrong that other people are doing. And then, another thing of course is that many times people do such things in ignorance or they do such things because of some false information that they have received or assumptions that they have formed over time. So of course, the cure to ignorance, to misunderstanding is knowledge. Right? So of course, sharing the haq with them, the truth with them, this is something that is definitely helpful. I myself have seen so many people attached to something similar, grave worship and all of that. And listening to literally one lecture changed their life. It changed their life. One lecture. Okay? Because many times people are doing wrong things without even realizing that they're doing wrong. You know, think about it. What is it that convinced us to change our lifestyle? To change our habits? What convinced us? It's knowledge, isn't it? So the other person who doesn't have this knowledge, how can we expect that they should be changed or they should be 100% supportive? Right? So what affected you, share with them also. This is why, you know, whatever we are learning in the Qur'an, it's necessary that we take our families along with us. Because if we don't share this with them, we're not going to receive their support. You understand? then we'll become like strangers in the family. Alright? Why do you think, long time ago, when we studied Surah Maryam, we had this bring a friend day. Why? So that your friends know what you're doing. Right? But that was not the only Saturday or Sunday for bring a friend day. Every Saturday and Sunday is bring a friend, bring a sister day. Alright? Because if others don't know what you're doing here, how are they going to be supportive of it? Alright? And of course... Of course, making dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That, oh Allah, you guided me. You led me to this. You gave me the confidence to bring this change in my life. You guide so and so person as well. Such and such person as well. So, basically a person must not give up. And of course, seek Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's help. Build on the relationship. You know, for example, we learn about the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam That how... Even though when people opposed him, the closest family members even when they opposed him, did he abandon them? Did he become harsh with them? No. In Mecca, were the Muslims allowed to fight back? No, they weren't. Instead, they were told to do ihsan. So, this is something that is indeed very helpful. Now, many times it happens that in such situations, you know, where Islam teaches us something, but family wants us to do something else, Many people leave the path of moderation. Many people. One extreme is that, you know, Allah says, obey your parents. Allah says, obey your husband. The Prophet ﷺ said that, you know, if I were to command anybody to prostrate to any human being, I would have commanded women to prostrate to their husbands. So, you know, you know, obedience to husband is necessary. You understand what I mean? So, many people, they go to this extreme that they say, obey the parents, obey the husband. Obey this one, obey that one, even if they're telling us to do something wrong, and forget about everything else of the deen. Forget about prayer, forget about hijab, forget about fasting, forget about halal food, forget about everything else. Why? Because I have to obey my so-and-so. 
This is one extreme. This is not moderation. And the other extreme is, you tell me no hijab, I don't like you anymore. Right? I don't have any respect for you anymore. I look down on you. And we don't say it with our words, but we show it with our actions. This is another extreme. In the Quran we are told, وَصَاحِبْهُمَا فِي الدُّنْيَا مَعْرُوفًا Live with your parents who tell you to do shirk in a good way, in the right way. Meaning, do not neglect their rights. You still have to fulfill those rights that you can. وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا Allah says, and those who believe. وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ And those who do righteous deeds. لَنُدْخِلَنَّهُمْ فِي الصَّالِحِينَ We will surely admit them among the righteous. Right now, they may feel alone, but they're not going to be alone forever. We will admit them in the company of the righteous. Because it's a very difficult situation that a person can find himself in. He wants to obey Allah, but the family is not supportive. You have to tread very, very carefully. Right? So first of all, you have to be strong internally to remain firm upon the truth, despite the disapproval of close loved ones. That even if they're not supportive, even if they don't approve of what you're doing, you're strong inside. You believe in what you're doing. And you stay firm. Secondly, be careful not to neglect their rights. It's very easy to become rude to parents. It's very easy to become disrespectful with the husband. Thirdly, have you know clarity despite the confusion. Because many times people make you feel guilty. Oh, you wear the hijab and you don't listen to your mother? Your mother is telling you to take your hijab off. You understand? If you wear hijab, you're supposed to be a very righteous girl. But your mother is telling you to take it off. So where's your righteousness? Take it off if you're a very righteous person. You understand? People make you feel guilty. And you wonder, am I even doing what is right? If my parents don't approve of this, am I even doing what is right? And people mock that what kind of a deen is this? You're supposed to be good to your parents. And then you begin to wonder, am I even doing it for the right reason? Right? So you, you start doubting your sincerity. Because people tell you, oh you're not doing it for Allah, you're doing it because you're a very disobedient child from day one. They guilt trip you. So despite that, have clarity, have sincerity, remind yourself, I'm doing this for Allah. And of course, remain patient until things work out. Right now, yes, there's a big conflict. But this conflict is not going to stay forever. Inshallah, it'll pass. It'll be over. Sometimes, you know, certain conflicts, they get resolved in a day or two. Sometimes it takes a number of weeks. Sometimes it takes a number of years. And sometimes it seems like it's never going to end. It becomes a daily, lifelong struggle. In that also, do not lose hope. Remain positive. That this too will pass. Because لا يكلف الله نفسًا إلا وسعها. Right? Allah does not overburden a person with more than they can bear. You know, like they say, if He put you in it, He's going to make you go through it. Or something like that. That if Allah put you in that test, He knows that you can handle it. And He will help you as well. Provided that you want to be successful in that test. You don't give up. You don't quit. Our problem is we quit very quickly. We give up very quickly. And this is not impossible, by the way, to stick it out basically. 
right? To remain firm. Because when you look at the life of the Prophet ﷺ, when you look at the lives of the companions, were they supported by their families? Oh yes, you're Muslim, congratulations. Is that what happened? No. These ayat, is said that they were revealed about Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqas radiallahu anhu. That how when he embraced Islam, his mother basically turned against him. She said, I'm not going to eat, I'm not going to drink, I'm not going to do this, I'm not going to do that. I'm not happy with you until you leave Islam. And was Sa'ad radiallahu anhu the only one? No. Musab ibn Umayr radiallahu anhu, the same thing happened with him. So many companions, it was their mothers who turned against them. Their own mothers. That you leave Islam or else I'm not happy with you. But what happened? They remained firm. Right? And at the same time, they were good to their parents. Now, it's very easy to feel pity on yourself. Right? That, oh poor me, this is so difficult. Am I the only Muslim sister who's like this? You begin to pity yourself. Remind yourself that if it's really difficult, if it's really tough, then you know what? Life is tough anyway. Because sometimes we think, you know, if my parents were supportive in this, everything would be so good. If I didn't have this test in my life, everything would be good. You know what? If it wasn't this test, it would be something else. If it wasn't this one, it would certainly be something else. Because أَحَسِبَ النَّاسُ أَن يُتْرَكُوا أَن يَقُولُوا آمَنَّا وَهُمْ لَا يُفْتَنُونَ You know, it seems like you're in a very difficult situation, but this ordeal, this difficulty will actually purify you. It will purify you. You know, for example, if a person is wearing the hijab, and the whole family is supportive. In fact, the family wants you to wear hijab. It's possible that, you know, your intentions are not very sincere. It's possible. But on the other hand, if there is a person who's not receiving any form of support, for them to wear the hijab, you know, it's daily reminding themselves, I'm doing this for Allah. I'm doing this for Allah. So difficulties, they do purify us. They purify our intentions. They develop sincerity in us. Go ahead. When does a person maybe draw the line if there's emotional or psychological or physical abuse because of the choices that you're making? Is that, do you still, you know, what do you do? Yeah, I mean, when it turns into abuse, then of course you, depending on your level of tolerance and your own capacity, you see if you can handle it. But when you see that it's beyond your capacity, you don't bear it anymore. You look for a way out of that problem. So for example, the Sahaba who were in such situations in Mecca, they were encouraged to migrate to Habasha. Right? And then eventually, they all the Muslims, they had to migrate from Mecca to Medina. Right? But the point over here is that don't quit the first day. You understand? Because what happens with us is, you know, for example, we start something good, and one person yelling at us is enough to make us quit and give up. It shouldn't be like that. Just because one argument happened or one difficult situation you found yourself in, that doesn't mean you need to give up. Try harder, try harder. Right? I want to tell you a story, okay? And the person with whom this happened knows, and I don't want them to get offended. I want you to feel very happy about what you did. Because I'm very happy about what you did. When I started teaching the Qur'an, I got yelled at by somebody. And I loved them. Fillah, lillah. And I love that moment when they yelled at me. And when I think about that time, honestly, I can only feel grateful. That alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, they yelled at me. In public. 
I am very happy about that. Because if they hadn't yelled at me, I would never have tried so hard. I wouldn't have. You know, that experience could have made me give up. That, you know what, I quit. That's it. it this is beyond my ability. I'm not striving anymore. But that experience forced me. It pushed me to work harder. So for example, if before, I would spend maybe two hours to prepare a lesson, now I started three times that, six hours, eight hours. If I used only two books before, after that yelling, I started using five, six books. Seriously, it pushed me. And I love this person for the sake of Allah. Because they actually yelled at me. Seriously, they straightened me out. So many times, we begin to pity ourselves that, oh poor me, I'm suffering for the sake of Allah. And we just start crying and we start giving up. Don't give up. Don't give up. This test, this difficulty, this painful experience is meant to make you stronger and better. It is meant to make you stronger. So take it the right way. And of course, in some situations, it can turn into an abuse. I mean, they yelled at me once. Alhamdulillah, it was enough to fix me. I learned from my mistake. And after that, no more yelling. Alhamdulillah. Only words of encouragement and support. Alhamdulillah. But if it's like a personal attack now, you know, if it turned into a personal attack, one day after the other, again and again and again, if it started happening, then no, I will not stand that abuse. You understand? I have to do something to protect myself also. Because our life is sacred, our property is sacred, and our honor is sacred. You know, sometimes being yelled at is a very horrible feeling, but it really forces you to improve yourself. Go ahead. Yeah, um, I came here for the first day just to register my daughter. That moment I have idea only, I have to make her sure that she study. I never think about myself that day. And we were like a three hours, four hours, and I end up not to go to work. And I was that time assistant manager, uh, supervisor there. I wasn't opening, luckily. So next day when I get there, I call them, but I explain to them. I say, this happened and this and this and this. And the manager understood. And next week, Saturday, I came for the first day class. Take Fatiha. You explain Fatiha. And way back to work, I was just thinking, this is the Fatiha you used to read at the Quran, Salah. For me, just I did not understood why did I not register myself. So I was just telling myself whole time, I have to be this class. Then I go to work and I get a call uh, from the district manager. And it happened that almost a year and a half I was doing job as an assistant manager, which I wasn't. And it was not even my prescription, like anything that I supposed to do. And I was like happy to do it because it was okay for me to do anything. I was working. And I, instead of appreciating, he yelled at me like my, like the phone was like, like that. <laughs> and he became another person that I never knew. Like, and I'm working 10 years there, and he knows me better than anybody. And I was, okay, when I'm going home, and I explained to him, I say, listen, you're talking about one day, but I'm planning not to come Saturday, Sunday. But for some reason, I will make up all my hours other days, and the manager is okay. But he refused even to listen, to give me any explanation. And he yelled at me like a little kid, and I've never been yelled at like that. Way back home on the highway, I don't know how I get a highway. I get home, 
It was Saturday, Saturday, Sunday, I did not even call and go to work. Monday, I give resign. I say, I'm just going to be full-time. And thanks God, that was my way to come to Al-Huda, and I'm still here, thanks God. Every time he comes now, he says, are we okay still? I say, yeah, no hard feeling. Exactly. So difficult experiences, painful moments, they're meant to purify us. You know, if it was that easy, maybe our intentions wouldn't be that pure. Assalamualaikum. When like things like this happen in life, I always remember uh, this one ayah that we did in Surah Nisa, where Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says, um, "Wala tahinu al-qawm in takunu ta'lamu fa innahum yal-amun kama tal-amun." So like, even like the everybody else on this planet is going through hardships, except. As believers, we hope from Allah what they don't hope from Allah. So while other people are going through struggles like pretty aimlessly, like they suffer in this planet and then they pass away, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us guidance and then He's going to reward us for everything that happens. I mean, don't you hear about, I don't know how people watch, but hear about these Indian movies which are all about love. Two people fall in love, but they're from different families and then... You know, they want to get married and then they have to run away and then, you know, they have to go through so much to just be with the person whom they love. How much they're sacrificing, right? And here we are thinking that we are the only ones suffering. We're not the only ones suffering. And you know what? If we are suffering in the way of Allah, then remember the greater the effort, the greater the reward. The greater the striving, the greater the reward. Sa'ad bin Abi Waqqas radiallahu anhu. This ayah was revealed about him. And Sa'ad bin Abi Waqqas radiallahu anhu was one of those ten people who was promised Jannah while he was still living. Let's listen to the recitation of these ayat and then we'll continue. وَوَصَّيْنَا الْإِنسَانَ بِوَالِدَيْهِ حُسْنًا وَإِن جَاهَدَاكَ لِتُشْرِكَ بِمَا لَيْسَ لَكَ بِهِ عِلْمٌ فَلَا تُطِعْهُمَا إِلَيَّ مَرْجِعُكُمْ فَأُنَبِّئُكُمْ بِمَا كُنْتُمْ تَعْمَلُونَ وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ لَنُدْخِلَنَّهُمْ فِي الصَّالِحِينَ where will the Salihin be in the hereafter? In Jannah. So, لَنُدْخِلَنَّهُمْ فِي الصَّالِحِينَ We will admit them in the company of such. So, this is not a small deal with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, striving for His sake. 